0: Welcome to One Thin Time, a comic book podcast focusing on the golden and early silver ages of comics. I'm your host, Sammy, aka the Comic Book Kid. This podcast highlights characters and origins who may not be as well known outside of comic Phantom, but are significant to the history of the medium. Each episode, I choose a comic with the caveat that the original cover price was 10 cents. Please remember, Any characters I discuss on this podcast are the sole copyright of their respective owners. So, with no further ado, let's check out what's on the shelves of the Old Five and Dime for my teeny tiny tenth episode. Picture your favorite superhero. Most comic book protagonists are imposing figures. According to my sources... Batman and Captain America are 6'2", with Superman at 6'3". These larger-than-life dynamic heroes populate the pages in our four-color panels. The Silver Age of comics introduced a few characters that would challenge those specs, with the introduction of Ray Palmer's Adam in Showcase, Issue 34, October 1961, followed by Hank Pym in Tales to Astonish, twenty seven. January 1962, and his debut as Ant-Man in issue 35, September 1962. These diminutive dynamos have been the stars of movies, television shows, and animation, making them well-known by audiences of all ages, but they weren't the first. The title of comic's first shrinking hero would go to Daryl Dane, the Dollman. This mighty might first appeared in Feature Comics 27, December 1939, for Everett Busy Arnold's Quality Comics, becoming the company's first superpower hero. Feature Comics had started its run as feature funnies, reprinting newspaper comic strips such as Joe Palooka and Mickey Finn. The superhero craze would prompt Arnold to seek out costumed characters, changing the title. It would be here that Dollman would make his dynamic debut. Daryl Dane was a brilliant scientist who invented a formula that allowed him to shrink to the height of six inches, while still retaining the amazing strength. This continues the theme of scientist superhero in the Golden Age comics, as I discussed in my elliptical eighth episode. Unlike later stories of Superman's costume being sewn for him by Martha Kent, Dane's fiancée, Martha Roberts, yep, another Martha, why did you say that name, created the red and blue union suit of Dollman. Over time, Dollman would mirror many comic heroes of the era with the addition of Martha as his sidekick, Doll Girl, Elmo the Wonder Dog as a pet assistant, and even the Doll Plane a model airplane stored in his study. During the wave of World War II patriotism, Dollman even rode a bald eagle into battle. Dollman would lead the charge with numerous heroes from quality, including the Human Bomb, Firebrand, Phantom Lady, Uncle Sam, Plastic Man, and Kid Eternity, among many others. Dollman and the Quality Stable of Heroes were purchased by National Comics Publications, DC Comics, in 1956. After a two-decade absence from comic pages, Dane would become a member of the Earth-X Freedom Fighters in the pre-Crisis DCU in 1973. In no small part, pun intended, Dollman has a place in comic book history, but Let's take a look at Feature Comics 27 in The First Appearance Flashback. My source for this episode is Feature Comics, Issue 27, published by Quality Comics, December 1939. I'm using a digital free-use version from the Comic Book Plus website. The scene opens with Daryl Dane and Professor Roberts discussing Daryl's new experiments Dane is secretive about what his formula can do, but once he decides his new concoction is ready, he tells the professor that it will be able to shriek a human being to the size of a living doll. While the scientists confer, Martha Roberts, Darrell's fiancé, receives a phone call from the blackmailer identified as Falco. Dane tests the formula on himself. I sense a trend here immediately shrinking, but his brain is fogged from the size reduction. In his delusion, Dane throws a hypodermic needle at Professor Roberts, grazing his shoulder and knocking him unconscious. Uh, Okay, sure, why not? Martha enters the room to find her father on the floor and her fiancé at the height of six inches. Darrell finds that he is the strength of twenty men, despite his reduced size, and decides to devote himself to a crusade against crime and evil. Later that evening, Martha leaves the manor to meet Falco, but unknowingly is followed by Dane. Readers discover that the gangster is in possession of a letter that Martha does not want to be made public. Oh, Martha! Along with the blackmail money, Falco decides he also wants Martha. She flees from the car, only to be pursued by Falco. Darrell leaps into action, making quick work of the villain and getting the letter, of which the scandalous contents are never revealed. Martha pledges her love to him for his bravery. The final panel has Dane taking the moniker of the Doll Man, pledging to fight crime and evil relentlessly. And that, dear listeners, is how our diminutive dynamo first appeared. So let's pull back the years to see just who was responsible for the Dollman's first adventure and take a look behind the comic Curtain. <music> Dollman was credited as the creation of William Irwin Maxwell, but if you don't know who that is, I completely understand, but you probably know that name better as Will Eisner. That's right. Maxwell was one of the numerous pen names used by Eisner in his work for the Eisner-Iger studio. Will had followed in his father's footsteps, being drawn, pun intended, to art, much to the frustration of his mother. Some of his earliest work would appear in the DeWitt Clinton High School newspaper, just as a note, DeWitt Clinton would sport a number of notable comic book alumni, including Bob Kane and Bill Finger in the class of 1933, Eisner in 1936, and one Stanley Lieber, Stanley, in 1939. It would be Bob Kane who would convince Eisner to submit his work to the magazine Wow, What a Magazine, selling a strip titled Captain Scott Dalton to editor Jerry Iger. When WoW folded after a four-issue run, Eisner and Iger would form their own comic book packaging service. The Eisner-Iger studio would provide new material for numerous comic book publishers of the time, including Fox Comics, Fiction House, and Quality Comics. It would be his dealings with Victor Fox that would lead Eisner to create Wonder Man, a character that Fox wanted to be his Superman. Never a fan of the costumed heroes anyway, Eisner pushed back against Fox over the derivative nature of the character, and with good reason. Wonder Man would be one of the early comic heroes to be targeted by National for copyright infringement, having poor Will subpoenaed in court. Along with Doll Man and Wonder Man, Eisner would also be credited for creating Sheena, Queen of the Jungle, the Blackhawks, the Flame and Black Condor. His most widely known creation would be Denny Colt, The Spirit. Eisner's spirit strip would appear as a newspaper insert starting June 2, 1940. The Spirit allowed Eisner to create a character that he liked, exploring numerous genres from noir to lighthearted romps within the stories, often combining elements within a single storyline the spirit insert, would also include backup features starring the Eisner-created characters Mr. Mystic and Lady Luck. During his World War II service, Eisner would create the character Joe Dope for P.S. the Preventative Maintenance Monthly, an educational strip to help train soldiers how to replace or repair ordnance. The success of Joe Dope supported Eisner's belief that comics could be more than just entertainment. Eisner believed that the concept of sequential art could be used to tell deeper stories. This was evident with the publication of A Contract with God and Other Tenement Stories in 1978. Eisner's work would pioneer concepts of what we eventually will know as graphic novels, a term coined by Richard Kyle in 1964. Will's work on his semi-autobiographical stories of Dropsy Avenue would popularize the term, leading to a new avenue, pun intended, for comics as a more recognized literary genre. A contract with God would be the forerunner of works such as Art Spiegelman's Mouse, as well as a line of graphic novels from Marvel Comics. Additionally, the growth of the graphic novel market would lead to collected editions of Frank Miller's The Dark Knight Returns and the Alan Moore, Dave Gibbons, Watchmen. Will would also teach at New York's School of Visual Arts, writing two books on his lectures. Will Eisner had a long and storied career. He is part of the fabric of comic book history, as well as still influencing numerous creators today. Now that we know about the man behind The Man let's check out Daryl Dane's Titanic timeline. After his first appearance in issue 27, Dollman would continue as the lead in feature comics through issue 139, October 1949. He would also star in his own self-titled book, Dollman Quarterly, for 47 issues from autumn 1941 to October 1953. It would be issue 37, December 1951, that would have Martha Roberts becoming Doll Girl. Following his Golden Age exploits, Dollman would return to the four color pages in Justice League of America, issues 107, October 1973, and 108. November 1973, for one of the JLA's annual meetings with the JSA. Dane and other ex-Quality heroes would be introduced as the Freedom Fighters. Starting in April 1976, the Freedom Fighters would have their own title, written by Jerry Conway and Martin Pasco, with art by Rick Estrada. The series would only run 15 issues until August 1978. After a cameo in Issue 13, Dollman and the Freedom Fighters would star along with the All-Star Squadron from Issues 31, March 1984, to 35, cover dated July 1984. Dane would also appear in a flashback in America vs. the Justice Society of America, Issue 4, April 1985. New Teen Titans 13 October 1985, would be an appearance of Dahlman as part of the lead into DC's Crisis on Infinite Earths. During the events of this cosmic continuity shift, we would see the end of the Earth-X timeline. Dahlman would appear in Crisis Issues 5-7, through 9, 11, and 12. Following the events of Crisis, Daryl Dane would become part of the New Earth continuity, as explained in History of the DC Universe, Issue 1, January 1987. Dane would soon become a cameo character, usually as part of the Justice Society's history on the New Earth. He would have cameo or flashback appearances in Young All-Stars 27, July 1989, Starman 72, February 2000, Golden Age Secret Files and Origins, February 2001, JSA 42, January 2003, DC Universe Legacies 2, August 2010, and Back with the Freedom Fighters in Issue 4, February 2011. Dollman would also be seen in flashbacks in Issues 11 and 12 of JLA Year 1, November and December 1998, with other Golden Age heroes, along with meeting the animated JLA in Justice League Unlimited 17, March 2006. Daryl Dane would even play the role of antagonist in November 2007's Uncle Sam and the Freedom Fighters, Issue 3. Due to his constant compression of the body, Dane would develop a mental instability. After time at an institution, he would lead an army of miniature marauders, only to be stopped by his formal allies. Two other characters would take the name Dollman in DC continuity. Justin Gray and Jimmy Palmiotti would pass the mantle of Dollman to former SHADE, that stands for Superhuman Advanced Defense Executive, in case you were wondering, Agent Lester Colt, as part of the Infinite Crisis tie-in, Crisis Aftermath, Battle for Bloodhaven, Issue 3, July 2006. In the New 52 continuity, following the Flashpoint storyline, Dollman will be introduced as Dane Maxwell, first appearing in Phantom Lady miniseries October 2012 to January 2013, once more by Gray and Palmiotti. Despite his diminutive size, Dollman has been a large part of the histories of both quality comics and DC. But has he increased his stature, pun intended, In other areas, hmm, maybe we should look at some mixed media. It would be Cartoon Network's Batman the Brave and the Bold that would bring Dollman to a wider audience of viewers. Season 2, Episode 22, titled Cry Freedom Fighters, would debut November 12, 2010. Batman would team with Dollman and the other Freedom Fighters against the antimatter universe army of the Weaponers of Quard. Well, that's actually all for Dollman's appearances outside of the four-color pages. Guess this is a good place to bring the episode to a close. But before I go, I want to suggest another great comic book podcast. Graphically Novel. Three brothers tackle a different graphic novel each week. Listen as the brothers fugit discuss classic and not-so-classic graphic novels. Subscribe now on your podcast feed of choice. Graphically Novel. Three brothers who like each other but love comics. Dollman is part of the foundations of comic book history, representing a time when creators were seeking to capture the imaginations of audiences for the new medium of comics. Though Ant-Man is probably the most well-known, Dollman will always be the first Lilliputian Lionheart to be the champion of the compressed. I hope you enjoyed my look at the history of the daring Dollman. If you like the podcast, please leave me feedback on your podcatcher of choice or just tell a friend. The show is available on Apple, Google, Overcast, and Podcast Addict, among others. I appreciate any creative comments that can better the show for my listeners. With that said, join me next week as we journey into a world of notable names and acclaimed acronyms for my electrifying 11th episode. Well, it's back to work for me. Mrs. Kent needs some help with her groceries, and she always gives me a great tip. Every little bit helps when you collect comics. And remember, all these adventures were once available for one thin dime. Thanks for listening.